Welcome to the Favorites, the podcast from the Action Network. I am Chad Millman. I am going to be joined by my BFF, professional better, Simon Hunter, somehow, some way. NFL 2021 is in the books. Despite its strangeness, it ended the same way so many others have ended, Simon. Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl. We're going to talk about how we liked the Bucks money line. We're going to talk about how uh, you had a Bucks future. Because the bigger question than Tom Brady winning is, did you, the listeners, win? Did Simon and I win? Methinks we did. Methinks we did, Simon. More importantly, it's time to turn the page. We got to move on. We cannot rest on our laurels. We cannot count our cash for umpteen hours after the game. What can we win on next year? Never too early to talk NFL futures, NFL MVP. We are going to do that today. We will get to a lot of your questions for me and Simon. We will announce the winner of our Super Bowl phrase that pays contest. That person and their charity are getting some cash. First, let's welcome Simon. Hello, Simon. Hello, Simon. Anyone ever hey, do man. that to you? Like, remember that that Mike Myers skit from SNL? Hello, he, my like, name is Simon. I'm Simon. I like drawing. <laughs> Hello. My name is Simon. I like to do drawings. <laughs> yeah, man. Simon's not an easy name to grow up with, man. Simon Says is like the ultimate uh, anything you say from the age about four to ten. They go, oh, does Simon say? Mm-hmm. So that, that was definitely a fun experience here in America. Well, uh, also, also, eventually you end up co-hosting a podcast and <laughs> the idiot host creates an entire uh, phrase that pays uh, experience out of the name because he's not clever enough to think of anything else. I was going to say simple minds think of simple things. So no fault to you, my friend. (laughs) So Chad, before we start, I have to, uh, people need you to make a public apology. You asked if Andy Reid is even close to be on the same level as Bill Belichick. Do you want to apologize to everyone for even bringing that up? Well, look, I honestly, that was one of the questions that was asked uh, when Matt Mitchell, producer extraordinaire, tweeted out from the favorites handle uh, on Twitter that what questions do you have for us today? And someone asked me to address that. I was going to wait, but I will address it. Look, I I I don't know what to say. I'm not going to apologize for it. I felt. I felt in advance of the game that I, I like Andy Reid a lot. I like him as a human being. I like what he's brought to the game. I like the coaching tree he's developed. I like how he's been so innovative. I like the way he handles himself. Um, so my hope was that he would win Super Bowls and eventually be considered a better coach than Bill Belichick. By the way, is Belichick so great? Without Tom Brady, Belichick is a guy who got fired. Oh in my God! Ah uh, ah uh, ah! Uh, got fired in Cleveland. Has not been able to draft talent, 
and decided to put his first post Tom Brady season in the hands of a wounded, uh, debilitated uh, Cam Newton. So I'm not like Bill Belichick, great coach. I, I'd still make, the, you know what? I'd still make the case that Andy Reid could end up being a better coach than Bill Belichick. Also, his quarterback was playing on one foot and his quarterback didn't have a left tackle or a right tackle. Like these things happen. These things happen. I'm not going to apologize for it. So that was a very nice apology, Chad. I appreciate you doing that. The fans appreciate that apology. But I don't know, man. Bill Belichick, if you watch those early Super Bowls, Tom Brady, he's no doubt the GOAT. But, I mean, dude, those defenses for the Patriots, like they shut down the the greatest show on turf. Like Belichick is – he's the GOAT. But – Yeah, by the way, isn't that the one where they were videotaping in the stands all the plays? So like, if you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying, Jed. Come on. How hard is it to stop a team when you know every single play that's coming? <laughs> I don't want to hear about how great he was, <laughs> Marshall Falk, and how he decided they were going to chip Marshall Falk, and that was going to be the way that they won the game. They won the game because he knew the place. Okay, boy genius, McVeigh, three points in the Super Bowl. Yeah, have some medicine. Why am I defending the Patriots? I hate the Patriots. Yeah. Don't stop making me defend the Patriots. What is happening right now? More importantly, you know what we should do? We should all be praising Bruce Arians because here's a guy who, like, is a gunslinger to the end. And during this season, you can remember earlier in the year, like, he very easily could have been – catering to Tom Brady's every whim and handling him with kid gloves. And early in the year, like he came out and he was critical of Tom Brady and everyone's like, Oh my God, how could you do that to Tom Brady? Tom Brady didn't care. It seemed like they had a very adult respectful relationship in a way that maybe Tom Brady was never able to have with Bill Belichick in terms of having input in terms of having his say in terms of guiding the team like Arians clearly treats his players significantly differently than anybody else does and was able to find a way to get buy-in into his offense from the best quarterback ever who had been playing it one way for 20 years. And together they won a Super Bowl and we won the Bucks money line bet. And I don't know that there is a single bit of difference between the importance of those two things. <laughs> there's amazing there's like a ton of stats from this game that are just amazing just about how epic brady is but the most my favorite has to be the fact that all every person that scored a touchdown in that game for the buccaneers wasn't on the team the year before that gronkowski came in free agency when i were traded to them fournette came there when they, they picked them up and ab came there when they picked them up so it's just Brady, man. I, like, I know it's different because we're living in the moment, and it's, it's weird when you're living in the moment of history. And I know that the ratings were down, like Darren tweeted that everything like that. But I think enough people, not that they were disappointed in that game, but they wanted a good game, where someone that had bet on the Buccaneers, that was one of the most fun games I've ever experienced in my life. It's like as soon as he drove that field and scored the touchdown that first quarter, even though it was brutal because I was a push on the first quarter under – Oh, my God, did he look good. And you were just – everyone was just like, the Chiefs are not going to stop 
this Buccaneer offense. Like you saw that in that drive, that that the running and passing attack with the Buccaneers. Who knows how many times if they play that game a thousand times, this exact same situation. You, you honestly look at numbers and you would say, what, the Chiefs might win 30% of the time? They just look totally outmatched, just offensively and defensively. So we can break it down even more because that game, man, there was a lot to unpack from that game. All right, well, let's do that because we had five bets that we ended up giving out on Sunday from the 10 or so that we talked about in the podcast last week. One of them was Bucks money line. And you also, by the way, had a pretty big Bucks future. So before we unpack the four other props, uh, I do want to talk about why did we feel so good about the Bucks money line? I have my opinions. I'm happy to share them. Why did you feel so good about the Bucks money line? And how good do you feel about that Bucks future? <laughs> I was a coward, honestly, about the Bucks future. I the whole entire year in the back of my mind, I was thinking, no way it catches. Just no way. Simon Hunter, professional coward. First year on the offense, all these guys brand new to each other. The fact that no team had ever played at home, like hosted the, the Super Bowl. And I just thought all these different little things, I, I just kept saying no way. So like I told you, I hedged out pretty much the whole way because I, I just did not believe it. And and by the time we got to the Super Bowl, I, I had the data and the numbers saying, no, you're getting crazy good value here on the Buccaneers. Like, we talked about it. Did I see that scenario playing out a 31-9 to 9 win? No. I mean, that the fact that Mahomes has never not had a touchdown in a game was the main reason I just did not see this being a blow. I just – I couldn't – I cannot – I could not see him not get in the end zone. And – I, I've watched already three times the Super Bowl. Like I just I couldn't get over the what Todd Bowles did because you watched the Buffalo game just two weeks ago. It, I, I said it two weeks ago. It's one of the best offensive performances I've ever seen. The Chiefs, everything they did was just genius. All the illusion, the movement, everything. Todd Bowles just outsmarted them to the highest degree. He just triple team Tyreek put two guy, two linebackers in the middle against Kelsey and just kept everything in front of them where he knew the offensive line was not going to be able to stop these DNs. Just like we talked, we loved Shaq Bear, uh, Shaq's over a half a sack. That was a no sweat. He had two sacks. He easily should have had five sacks. I mean, Mahomes is unbelievable. Like him, yeah. him not getting those sacks, man, I, I couldn't get over watching it. I was just – I was fearful of his life because I got to a point where it's like, what is this guy still doing here? But, man, that fact that we didn't get that four-and-a-half sack cover on our prop bet, that was just sickening because they had him three, four times dead to rights and he got out of it because it's Patrick Mahomes. That um, – let's talk about that prop for a second. Uh, the four-and-a-half sacks prop. That was my biggest liability of the day. Oh, no. And I was so sure of it. I kept talking about it. Every time I <laughs> talked about it, I convinced myself. I found some more outs. Uh, the fact that, the, that he wasn't sacked five times on his own was astonishing and gut-wrenching, and I couldn't believe it. Up to uh, I convinced a buddy of mine uh, in Illinois to be betting it. And we were texting each other at the end of the game. And I'm thinking, we just need him to get the ball one more time. Like 
the the Bucks just have to punt the ball, get the Chiefs one more desperate attempt, and like every time he dropped back, it just in that last series it wasn't even close. What I don't what I don't get is why wasn't that that botched snap that went over Brady's head that he then had to fall on, then he was tagged down. Why wasn't that considered a sack? And I still don't get that. I, I don't understand why it's not considered a sack. Um, maybe they consider it like a kneel down play or something, but he, he's not dead until they touched him. So that's why I didn't really understand the play. He got touched down in the backfield. That's technically a sack. The same thing happened to Mahomes. They counted that as a sack. But it, that, that prop is weird. The, the worst part is I had a bunch of fours. So, like, I, I never thought I was going to push on that. Like, seriously, when that game got into the second half, I go, man, he, he is just going to get dominated by these yeah. guys. But it, it, that, that's how it goes, bad luck. Like, we'll talk about the fat man prop, man. Oh, my God, Chad. All right, explain oh to people. God. Remind people what that was because we talked about that on the podcast last week. So it's kind of bet where if I bet a grand on it, I'm getting 20K back. And it's one of these that I joked about. It, it's you're hoping for them to bring in the sixth man, a big offensive lineman, and they just do a little trick play where they squeak out. They'll be wide open and the ball is going to be thrown to them every time. And had a little bit of info. Um read from both teams, like different B writers talking about, they do have trick plays that they could pull out that had offensive linemen involved in it. And man, as soon as the telecast said, Oh, they got the six linemen in here. Brady does the play. He runs back. Everyone. I see the linebacker step, step up. I see the guy scooting to the back of the end zone. Brady puts it right into his hands. And the guy literally had it to go right through his hands into his face mask and drops it. So that's why it's 20 to one. These guys aren't paid to catch the ball. They're, they're offensive linemen, but man, that would have, uh, that would have helped the day. So basically my, my two biggest prop bets were the uh, over one and a half field goals and the most points second half. So I, I'm going to go through my tickets. I probably won a decent amount on um, the props, like the over one and a half interceptions came through. Like that was a real nice one. And, that, that second half one hurt, but you'll hear me next year. Same thing I'll say on the show. That's a bet you just always make. We saw the opportunities. The Chiefs got in the red zone two different times. They just couldn't score. And the Buccaneers, they're the same thing. They had no reason to really push the ball downfield. They were up 20 points. So it, it was just a bad bad luck situation with that one. But overall, yeah, man, the, uh, the Buccaneers money line, we, I don't know what your reasons for taking it, but I, I said that simple – if you believe in a side in the Super Bowl, the only time you take the money line is when it's the dog because that's how the bookmakers win. If you took the plus three with the Buccaneers, you just took it at minus 110. So if you're betting 100, you're only getting 90 back. Where we took the money line, which is percentage-wise, is a smarter bet because over time, it, like we always talk about, that's how people need to start thinking about this game. And – the, the, the Super Bowl is so unique. I'm, I'm trying to drill it into people's head here that the spread, of course, it matters. But you're hurting yourself in the Super Bowl when you're not taking the value that's there. And I, I, I just didn't see a situation where if the, if the Buccaneers won, how do they not win by a field goal? So I gave up the alternative line of minus two and a half just because there's a ton of value there that even if I don't hit that bet this year, 
next year, if I take an alternative line again, I hit it. Now I'm up on two years. And, if, and even though I'm one-on-one, so that's what I'm trying to instill people. The fact that I'm on a crazy run here where these keep hitting, like the chiefs minus six and a half last year, I did not deserve that to hit. They got a fluke touchdown at the very end of the game. And that's the only reason I covered that alternative line. But that's why you're playing it. I'm ta- that's what I'm trying to instill in people. Weird things happen in these Super Bowls like we saw on Sunday. Like, that's what I'm betting on because the value is there. The bookmaker wants you to play this straight because even if they lose, they're still not losing as bad because so many people took the three, the three and a half because they thought they were getting good value when they weren't. The uh, You had a really interesting stat that you talked about on the podcast last week where you pointed out that if you like the underdog, take the money line because the spread does not come into play. So being the diligent reporter that, I'm, I, that I am, I looked it up and I went back. It, the last time an underdog covered but did not win was 2009 Super Bowl Steelers Cardinals. Steelers won 27-23 on that last second play uh, to Santonio Holmes. And every time there has been an underdog uh, – that covered since then they've won the game outright. And then the flip side is the favorites. If they won the game, they covered outright. So the, the point spread from an underdog point of view has never come into play since that 2009 season. And you could argue that 2009 Super Bowl that was a fluke because of what happened in the last second. Cause the Cardinals were winning that game. Uh, 23, 20 in the end of the first half. Do you remember Harris picking up the ball, running all the way that's down the right. field? So, so again, that's what I'm trying to tell people is that think about that. So we have 11 years now where you've wasted value on taking these numbers. And that's what I'm trying to tell people say underdog. I don't even know what the numbers are, but say they're just 16 and 32, whatever the number is straight up against the spread. Look at those numbers. Cause there's huge underdogs in that whole sequence where if you've just been taking that money line on the dog, it's been paying out like you're in the positive, even if you're 16 and 32, you're going to be above that midway point. Cause just off the top of my head, the Rams, when they got upset by the Patriots, they were a 14 point underdog, the Patriots, when the giants upset the Patriots, I know they're at least 11 or 13 point underdog or something like that. So that's one of those where I'm saying, yeah, that's great. You had a 13 point cover. So you had a zero sweat in that game, but you're not making the money. Everything's going to be a sweat regardless. So just take that money line on these dogs when you really do believe in the dogs. That's what I'm trying to instill in people. Because last year I had the Chiefs. They were the favorite last year. So I didn't take the dogs. So when I took the Chiefs last year, I took the alternative line and I took the minus two. Neither of two came into play. They won by 11. So that's what I'm trying to say is over the years, if you do what I'm talking about, even when you lose, you're going to win long term because you're getting the good plus value on these numbers. The, the, the key is you're playing for the long haul. You're not just playing for the one game. Like you're, this is what you do. You're doing it for a while. Uh, and people need to sort of think about, think about that horizon when they're betting. It's not just betting this one game and what you win in this one game. It's what you're winning over the course of a very long period of time as a bet. Yeah. Talked about, talked about over one and a half field goals. Almost. You had one taken off the board. Uh, you came back and got one in the last few minutes. Uh, over four and a half sacks, we did not get. Bucks money line, we got. Uh, spe- second half higher scoring, we talked about that. Uh, we did not get a two point conversion. Just weren't a lot of, wasn't a need, weren't any opportunities. No, the Chiefs had, they were the only ones that were in the spot. We needed the Chiefs to score. 
might, I really honestly thought they're going to have at least two touchdowns in that second half. I, I was really stunned they finished the second half with just three points. So we just never had the opportunity to have a team, either team, go for two. <sighs> Great season. <laughs> it was a good season. It's one of those two where people – I'm sorry, man, about the playoffs, but at the same time, it was – what is that, 11 games we had in the playoffs? I'm, during the season, we have 16 a week. So that's what I, I, I try to break down to people. You're, you're just going off such a small sample. That's why I know people like to bet more in the playoffs, but you're doing more damage because you're lessening your value. And you're going from 16 games on a Sunday to – a really small sample each weekend to bet off of. So I'm happy we get in the Super Bowl on a good note because I know that's what people really care about. And especially like my clients, that's that's all they want to do. They want to be at the party being the smartest guy there because they had a big bet on whatever team wins the Super Bowl. So we've had a nice run now, two years in a row, buddy. Had the Chiefs last year, had the Bucks this year. Can't, can't complain winning back-to-back Super Bowls. Well, guess what? It's time to talk about next year. Let this... <laughs> Be the first moment that we are already turning the calendar over to 2022 Super Bowl. Oh, my God. It's like 362 days away. Time to start planning. Uh, I want to start with this one because, look, this was the question that most of you asked. And we're going to get to, to a few questions. But the universal question was... Super Bowl future, rookie of the year. One listener sent in, and I think you'll like this, Jalen Hurts, 125 to one to win MVP. Let's start with Super Bowl futures. Let me read off the top 10 where we will find no value because then we will dip into the second 10, which is where we find the value, if not more. Chiefs, they are five and a half to one. The Packers, nine to one. The Bucks, nine to one. The Ravens, interesting, interesting, 12 to one. The Bills, 12 to one. Rams, 12 to one. And then the final two in the teens, 49ers, 14 to one. Saints, 17 to one. Any of those appealing to you? Nah, stay and stay away from that Ravens one. We need to see what the deal is with their offensive line next year because. If, if Lamar can't get protection, I, I don't see him winning these playoff games. We saw what happened against the Bills. So we got to wait and see what the deals with the O-line of the Ravens before I touch that. But with these ones, we can break it down. I, I don't do anything unless it's above plus 2,000 at this point. I'm, I'm just looking for a long, long odds because if you're going to tie your money up right now, you don't want to do it on something that's not paying you back at a crazy amount. Like, of course, the pack, the Packers and the Buccaneers, that's good value. These are two teams we know they're going to probably be back in the exact spot they were in last year. But the value is not there. Where you want to take, like the Buccaneers, they were doing kind of bad in the middle of the season. I think they had lost two in a row. That's when you take a Bucks futures. You, you don't take it right now when there is no value after they just won a Super Bowl. So, exactly. We, we can dive in the next column because there's no value in that one. Uh, you're right. The, uh, the bucks were at seven and five and then they went on a tear. Uh, the next round Browns 22 to one Seahawks 22 to one Miami 25 to one Indy 28 to one chargers, 28 to one Titans, 28 to one Cowboys 
Patriots and Steelers, each at 30 to one. Hmm. Now we're getting interesting. Yeah. I'm so enticed by the Browns, but I know that's going to be a trendy pick. Uh, and this, the, the fact they have such a diehard fan base, I, I just don't think there's going to be value in the Browns' futures because it, it, they're just it, – it's just going to be bet down too much. Or if this was maybe plus 3,000, I'd be a little more intrigued because you just have to remember they still have the Ravens and the Steelers in their division. It's going to be hard for them to win that division. At that number, I don't see a lot of value in betting on them to win the division. But the mid-tier one, I, I like the fact that the Colts and the Dolphins are both two teams that they have the pieces in place to go get a quarterback like a Deshaun Watson. What we've seen here with the Dolphins is the Dolphins have cap space. Who knows? Tua, the first-round pick that Houston gave to them, and then another first-round pick for Deshaun Watson, and then they pick up Allen Robinson in free agency. That's a pretty good offense with already a great defense. So that Dolphins one's a little enticing. And the Colts, same situation. Uh, Frank Reich, ton of money, great defense, great offensive line, good good players at all the different skill positions. In talks for now, the Eagles get Carson Wentz. And I know you don't like Carson. You, you think he's bad, but I've seen enough tape on this guy that I know he has it in him to be a good quarterback that can win games. And if he has a great offensive line, he's protected and can stay healthy. He does well, but – I'm scared of his whole mental makeup that the Eagles brought in a quarterback this year and he melted. He fell apart where we saw Aaron Rodgers, his team drafted a quarterback. He went to NFC championship game. That's the kind of quarterback mental I want. I want someone that's pretty tough. And other than the, the only reason I'm playing this Colts one is just the, the main fact of that team. Carson, if he can get right, that's crazy good value. And the division they're in. The only team we're really scared of are the Titans. And we know what the Titans are. They got Tannehill. They got Derrick Henry. They have a great offense. But they got a bad defense. So at this value, them and the Titans, are the same exact value right now. I just have a hard time seeing the Titans repeat in that division. So I do like the Colts at this value of plus 2,800. Deep, but – do you really think Carson Wentz is going to be the quarterback? If Carson Wentz isn't the quarterback, what what is this team? Jacoby Brissett? I, I, I still think there's other moves to be made that even if it's not him, I still think they could they could do something to get a quarterback in there. I, I'm I'm not on down I'm not all in on just the fact that they're gonna get Wentz, but it honestly does feel like it makes more sense where the bears that trade everything they're throwing out there it doesn't make sense i don't know why they would bring nick Foles back here we just had a qb controversy you think it's healthy to bring back a defending super, the guy who won the super bowl for us to a city that we're not sure about hurts i think he's got the tools and he could be a great quarterback but if we're seven weeks in and this kid's not producing people are gonna be calling for nick Foles. how is that healthy to a second year quarterback so I, I just don't see the Bears rumors really being true. And I think the Colts rumors, that just makes more sense on paper and for both teams that the, the Eagles know Frank Reich. And I think that they, we both of us have a need. We need to get rid of Carson once they need a quarterback. It just feels like that matches up more likely than any other team for Carson. So it's interesting to me, the Dolphins to me are the team that you're playing like you played the box last year where you think there's a good opportunity for them to upgrade significantly in the one area that can make a real difference for them. 
which is quarterback. Uh, I totally get it. Uh, we're not talking about the Seahawks because that division is going to be so hard. It's going to be hard for them to get out of it. Um, we talked about the Colts. Chargers, to me, Chargers and Cowboys are two of the more in- – Chargers, Cowboys, and Patriots. Chargers 28 to 1, Cowboys 30 to 1, Patriots 30 to 1. Cowboys will have Dak. Patriots, I'm banking. What if they make a trade for Jimmy G? Uh, and and um, Chargers, new coach, Derwin James back, uh, Bosa playing healthy. Like we've seen what happened with Justin Herbert. Like that is a team that can turn it up with a lot of weapons if they get just the people they already have healthy on defense and a better coach. No value in the Chargers. That number should be better. I, I don't know why it's this low. Maybe because the public are thinking exactly what you're thinking, that all – like Herbert looked incredible last year. New coach, new offense. That will work to, to his benefit. It could, but uh, we'll keep going down a list here. I got other teams I like better, but the Cowboys wants the same exact thing. The NFC East, I don't see this team being that much better than any other team in the NFC East. We saw the Cowboys last year before Dak got hurt. They weren't good. They were not a good team. They had a – if they didn't have that fluke comeback win against Atlanta, they would have started the year one and five. So I'm not buying the Cowboys. Their price is not there either. The, the, the public has already bet that down. And the Patriots, I love. I love that they have all this stuff around them where they have a bunch of money in a year. The teams are going to be strapped for cash because the cap has come down. And the Patriots actually have money. And they have a bunch of guys coming back from COVID. But – like we talked about, I don't know. I don't know what the avenue is with them with a quarterback. I, I can't see Belichick shipping off a bunch of first round picks for a quarterback. He's never really been that kind of guy. Maybe they do something to draft, but that's one of those I'd wait on that because it's not that great a value anyway for that team. Just because I already talked about, it. I like the Dolphins. We obviously both like the Bills. That's just a tough division at that number. I don't. I just don't see the value there with the Patriots. Vikings forty to one. Here's one I know you're going to like. Oh, my God. I saw you know. like I know you like this. Panthers, 45 to 1. Cardinals, 50 to 1. Falcons, 50 to 1. Bears, 50 to 1. Raiders, 50 to 1. Eagles, 50 to 1. So I love the Panthers, but they were at 80 to one before the, the Watson news kind of leaked that they were trying to go after Stafford and Watson. And I think the bookmakers go, okay, this team might be a player. We might be a little liable 81. So they dropped it down to 40 to one. Now it's back up to 45 to one. It's, it's all right, but I feel like we already kind of missed the value at 81 because they're no sure thing to get Watson. I, I, they have moves they can make to get them, but a team I really feel like is going to have a real chance here at getting Watson that people aren't talking about enough are the Raiders. So the Raiders have a couple first-round picks they can give up and Derek, Derek Carr to Houston. We saw the Raiders go toe-to-toe last year with the Chiefs. I like I like that upside at 5,000, uh, 50 to 1 because, I don't know, man, that Raiders team, they're going to have a packed stadium next year if, if they're allowed to, and that's a big home field advantage. And – I know Gruden's wilted here last two years at the end of the season. His teams have just fallen apart. 
But I've seen it on offense. They have the weapons. They have all these weapons around Derek Carr. That team can put up points. And if you're getting Watson in there, man, that that could be a really special team. So and that whole little bunch there, I would say they're my favorite. I like the Raiders idea. The Raiders at 50 to 1 feels Bucks esque. So let's get down to that last bracket here. Broncos, 60 to 1. No, they already fooled me last year. Thanks, Simon. Uh, the Peace. Washington football team, 60 to 1. I also noticed you passed over the Cardinals at 50 to 1 when we liked them last year at 50 to 1. Um, any comment there, by the way? Yeah, Matt Mitchell knows why. Cliff Kinsbury, man. I'm not, I'm not putting any more futures on Cliff Kinsbury. I'm done with that guy. It's a good point. Cliff Kingsbury. The Washington football team, 60 to 1. The Bengals look like uh, 65. The Giants, 65. The Jets, 66 to 1. Actually, those are all 66 to 1. The Jags are at 80. The Lions and Texans at 100. Let's talk about the Washington football team. Let's yeah. talk about it. We love them. We love we them. Do. And I, I feel like when I go through the playoffs, they're of all the teams, they really gave the most problems to the Buccaneers. That front four really – they really got to Tom. I know that he had a good, pretty good game against them, but that's playoff Tom. I mean, we know – we just saw what he did in this playoffs. But this team feels like that's all they're missing as a quarterback. And it doesn't have to be Watson for them. I feel like if they can just get a guy just like Alex Smith that can control the clock, protect the ball – and just not put the team in bad positions, that's a real, real sleeper team with that defense. So at plus 6,000, no real clear-cut team in that division, that's great. I, I do. I like I like that team's second year, the Washington football team. I know a lot of people like the Giants, but I just – I don't believe in Daniel Jones, so I, I'm just not going to bank on them the next year where for that division, for the best value, I think the Washington football team, Super Bowl future, that's really good value. I totally agree with you, and I'm so glad you said it because I got to tell you, I never would have thought of it unless you did. Never, I never would have thought of it. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, buddy. I just that's the same thing where we talked about the same exact swap. We were talking about the Buccaneers. Is that the Buccaneers are a team that they were nine and seven last year, even though Winston threw 30 interceptions. And I thought at 50 to one, at 55 to one, just to make the playoffs. If they can get in, that's great odds to have for a Super Bowl future. So that was only my logic last year, taking it where it's the same thing this year. I'm looking at teams where can we see an avenue of these teams making the playoffs and at that, that odds, is it worth betting right now? Because this is a long time to have your money locked up. And on these teams giving out, I'm giving out. I feel comfortable putting the investment in them right now because I could see either of these teams making the playoffs. Like there's all avenues for these teams to make the playoffs next year. All right, so so that's where we're going to sort of think about it. We like the Raiders in the 50 to 1 range. We like the Washington football team uh, in about 60 to 1 range. And there are a couple other teams that we liked, specifically the Browns and the Panthers, but we think the value has been wrung out of those teams a little bit. We'll update, uh, obviously, because we're going to keep doing shows and everything. We're going to yeah. keep updating that because it, it's the free agency this year is going to be absolutely crazy. I mean, the QB movement we're going to see, and especially everything going on the drafts, we might have five teams taking quarterbacks in the first round. So it's definitely going to be a lot going on this offseason. 
Yeah, it's going to be crazy, and we'll keep talking about it. We got free agency, we got draft, like a whole bunch of things. Simon, Honey Bucket Hero, at Honey Bucket Hero, would like to know, how do you learn to build the models like the ones you, Stucky, Raybon, and the pros use? Um, I don't know what they use, I'll be honest. Um, what I can say for myself is I kind of got lucky. I basically went on Reddit. Guys were on there, and they were posting their own algorithms and things they use to use for betting. So when I started out, I pretty much just used an Excel spreadsheet. Um, if you have the money, you really want to do it right, you can pay. You can pay for people's models and then just build it yourself, like tweak it as you go along. With it. There's websites out there. And if you're lazy, you can just use you guys. You guys have bet labs. You have plenty of stuff that's giving out data and numbers that it's pretty much the same thing I'm doing. They have their own models and you can go up their models. And it's not saying that um, you should 100% trust it, but you should try to use their model for when it lines up with you. Like if you're on the same side as them, and the numbers you're using are matching up with theirs, you can kind of use that for free. Uh, well, I know it costs money, but these other sites, they're going to cost you a little amount. They're going to cost a decent amount of money to use. Um, people put a lot of time in. Like my, myself, I mean, every week it might be 40 hours during the season that I'm literally just plugging in numbers off other websites because it's not like I can just copy and paste everything. Like you have to do all this stuff manually. So – I would say if you're really into it, there's plenty of things you can go about finding to build your own model. But I would say, unless you're really committed, it's it's time consuming. Like I put in a lot of time into it. Um, so it's hard to say. Uh, I would say, start with Excel. Start with Excel, because that's gonna be the easiest thing to do breaking down the numbers you're pulling out. I appreciate you being a professional <clears throat> and plugging uh, the labs products at Action Network. That is good of you. Uh, is Simon really on a side for every single spread and total for all 256 games in a regular season? Coyote Peterson. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's uh that's a it's a I told you like I I only have a fine a fine amount of time to make money and the biggest thing for me is if if I have a game I simply don't like it like I remember we hit a point where I hated the Jets it might have been week five or six I just hated them and even if my system liked them man I was putting maybe just 200 tops on whatever the spread was of the Jets if I had to bet it but I would say normally I have action on every single game, every single total. Um, it's probably two to three games a week that I'm like betting heavy on. And then certain weeks there'll be one game where I'm like really, really betting heavy on. But yeah, I'll have action on every game just because if you look at the numbers, there's always value. People like I know I saw people not picking the Super Bowl because they didn't think there was value. There's always value. Like, don't be fooled. There's always value in a game. It's more about just committing to what you think. So I wouldn't advise it. I would say for the people starting out, uh, do what me and Chad were doing. Pick your five best every week. That's just easier to track, and it's easier to be profit from that. When you're betting every game, it's harder to make a profit. And by the way, you can track those 
in the Action Network app. Boom. All right. Uh, that was our questions for this week. I had, oh. I had a question too. Are what? you a top? Are you a top bunk or are you a bottom bunk in a bunk bed? I I would say I would go top bunk. Wow, Chad's a power top. Everyone, let that let the record show. Chad is a power top. That's funny because I'm a power bottom, so that's why we work well together. Somehow, I feel like you're finding a way to make fun of me with this, and I don't know what it is. That's why I love you, man. I loved how long it took you to think too. Like that was that really broke your brain there for a second. It did, it did. Uh, okay, the winner of last week's Phrase That Pays contest is Elvero Ibanez. Elvero, please reach out to matt.mitchell at actionnetwork.com for your $440 prize. Remember, I was awarding $110 for every game, every bet that we won. And while we only went two and three in the props that we're talking about today, in the app, because I couldn't put in all the props that we liked, in the app, I went with uh, Leonard Fournette over three and a half receptions and over 40 and a half yards, the Bucks money line. And I went with Patrick Mahomes over 41 and a half pass attempts. Those all won. I also went with uh, Patrick Mahomes under 19 and a half rushing yards that lost in the first quarter. So Alvaro Ibanez, who said, Simon says, bet the big game because it's the last time we'll be able to make bank off at the favorite pods advice for six months. And you just made some bank, buddy. $440, Alvaro Ibanez. And don't worry, my friend, we will have draft props. So the NFL, it never stops. We'll make you money in the off season. We will make you money. In the meantime, wrapping up the NFL season 2020, for Simon Hunter, at Simon Hunter Tan, I am Chad Millman. This has been The Favorites from the Action Network. Follow us at The Favorites Pod. Download the free Action Network app. Listen to the podcast from Apple, from Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, love you. 